This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by the Dot Online Domain. So think about it. You've got a website like musiconline.com. What if you could make that music.online? Kind of stands out. Or maybe like duct tape.online. Makes a world of difference. Check them out at get.online today. This is John Jance. My guest today is Chris Dreyer. He's the CEO of Rankings.io, a firm that helps personal injury law firms dominate first page rankings. So in case you haven't guessed, we're going to talk about search engine optimization, that weird, mysterious, but all important tactic that marketers have to participate in today. So Chris, welcome to the show. John, thanks so much for having me. So, so first, let's get a little background. Uh, obviously, I hear CEO of of a firm that does SEO work for personal injury attorneys. But uh, what kind of led you to where you are to, today? What's your what's your online and entrepreneurial journey look like? Yeah, I'll give you the rapid fire version. <laughs> I was I have a history education degree, and I got a job at a local high school in Heron, Illinois, and I was their detention room teacher. Oh man! And I had all this free time. Because the kids wouldn't show up or they'd finish their homework in 15 minutes. And there was only so much cruising Google that I could do looking at sports and other nonsense. So I typed in the worst query ever, how to make money online. (laughs) And somehow I found Ed Dale's course. Uh, It was a 30-day challenge to make your first dollar through internet marketing. I think I made like 10 bucks, but it gave me the basis to pursue the education myself hit things like the Warrior Forum and Keyword Academy. Back in the day, there wasn't a plethora of SEO courses like there is now. And so by the end of my second year teaching, I was actually making more through affiliate marketing than I was teaching. And it was a natural transition. And I was making substantially more. And just started doing affiliate marketing, had like 100 sites, had rank number one for Ase Fruit, Double Chin, Staying concrete, alcohol withdrawal, alcohol symptoms, all these different phrases all over the place. Generators, you name it. I was in it. And 2011, that first penguin algorithm came around Uh, and just nuked me from orbit. I was at like 15,000 a month in affiliate revenue and went down to like 2,000 in a day. And back then it wasn't a live algorithm. So I had to wait until the next refresh. And it led me to get a job at an SEO agency. I call them my anti-mentors of what not to do. <laughs> Got confidence in myself and, and went out and started an SEO agency and really try to do the evergreen best practices so that individuals aren't in a situation like me where they were kind of in that gray hat area, maybe a little in the black hat area, not doing things for the, the long term. Yeah. You, you know, all those people you mentioned, like you probably came across Aaron Wall's SEO book. That was another. Early- oh, yeah. Um, out there, all those things you, you you mentioned. That was I've been I've been doing extensively SEO. A lot of it's for my own benefit. Before I was doing it for clients for you know, 25 years as well. So all those names I, I remember. But I, I I will say if I can wax nostalgic a little, it was a lot more fun back then. Now it's just basically a system, and you got to work it, and it takes time, and it it takes work. Back then it was like you could figure out some little thing, you could like go boom <laughs> instantly. Absolutely. So 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 I kind of alluded in the intro, if nothing else, in my cynical way that I said it, SEO is a 
bit of a rough industry for especially a lot of small business owners uh, that we work with. It's just complex enough, I think, in people's minds that they could be sold to anything. And so consequently, there's just a real lack of trust in the industry. I mean, I guess my, my pointed question is, how do you build trust around that? Jeez, there's there's so many things that go with trust. Yeah. Having having the results is where it starts, case studies, right. having those conversations because an individual can say they're the best and that holds a little weight. A right. different individual can say that that you're the best and that holds a little bit more. Then you have a case study, then you have maybe an accredited third party. And I think those types of things can establish trust. I also think that one of the most critical components at the very beginning is scoping and doing a proper discovery to actually obtain a conceptual agreement that there is a problem and you're the solution to solve it. So many SEO agencies will get the lead and they'll go straight to proposal when they don't have the conceptual agreement. So it's really hard not only to convert that that consumer, but also leads to issues in the future because they don't understand truly what's wrong with their site and what they need to do to get results. So I think it's setting expectations, scoping the project, those types of things contribute a, a lot. I, I think this could be true of any business. Expectations and communication are really everything. And I think they're lacking quite a bit in SEO. Like you said, a lot of people just want to go, I'm going to wave a magic wand, trust me. And that, that leads to a lot of miscommunication. Yeah. And internally, we call that teach our clients not to be crazy. <laughs> so we set expectations up front and it, and it teaches them not to to have those miscommunications or, or unrealistic expectations in the future. How important is it is your own SEO? So in other words, not just because people find you, but just because you can demonstrate proof of concept, so to speak, of, of your own results. I get I get pitched all the time from SEO firms. And my question always back to them is, how come I can't find you when I search? That's <laughs> how, really how interesting. What factor is that? I would say there's a lot of weight to that. Yeah. Our head term, our main term is SEO for lawyers. Hmm. We are in the ad position for Google ads. We're the number one Google organic result. And not only are we the number one, we're also the number four, six, and eight. Yeah. So when it comes to, hey, can you do this even for yourself? Not only do we rank one time, we rank five to six times for that main term in a very competitive space, the SEO agency space. So yeah. we're competing against other individuals that know how to do this ourselves. Yeah, and they might not even be focused on attorneys, but they 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 optimize for a lot of industries and have a national you know footprint doing it. So so let's just spell out before we. I want to get into some of the 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 inner workings and the maybe some of the the practices that you've developed that that you see working for you. But but let's unpack a little bit. What are the basics of good SEO for any business? The basics. Having a good site, making yep. sure that you have quality landing pages that, that target all areas of the funnel, top of funnel for awareness, middle of funnel for engagement and to educate a consumer. Maybe they have a case bottom of the funnel to are your sales pages, your practice area pages. Those need to be exceptional. They need to be better than your competitors. I think a content strategy, a good user experience strategy for your website course, things like branding go a long way and how you differentiate yourself. And then there comes to, if we would de- went down the local aspect, optimizing Google My Business properly, hitting your core citations, obtaining reviews, and then ultimately promoting your website 
acquiring prominence throughout the web in the form of editorials, links, things like that. That's the so, basics. So, so when I hear you talk about landing pages, a lot of people think of those as like, you send ad traffic, you know, to a landing page that it has a very specific purpose. But when you're talking about that, are you really, are you really talking about an, an entire site structure sort of of landing pages as well? Kind of unpack that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So when it comes to SEO, the, the entire site architecture, yeah, and it's the, how the user engages throughout the site where you're transferring them from an awareness or middle of the funnel page or blog to those bottom of the funnel practice area pages to convert those top of funnel pages. You don't want to have heavy call to actions to try to sell them something because they're looking at, they're reading that content as a resource. Yeah. All this is completely different when you're comparing it to an ad strategy An ad strategy, pay-per-click. I think it's really important to create domains on a subdomain or no index pages because you want that content very short, very, very punchy with a lot of social proof to capture that conversion as a form as a, a difference. And you and I both know this typically long form content ranks better in the organic search results. So there's a different type of strategy going on there. Yeah. There's, there's sort of the, you have to have the how to content and the high intent content is almost separate buckets. So as I mentioned, and, and anybody who uh, has worked in the space or does work in the space uh, knows that particularly probably law firms in general, but particularly personal injury law firm is probably might be the most competitive. I don't know. It's certainly certainly up there <laughs> for sure. So I actually had a I actually had a a client years ago that was a, D, a DUI law firm in L.A. and they were spending three hundred thousand dollars a year in Yellow Pages ads, which I guess for some people SEO is the new Yellow Pages, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it really is. Back in the day, that worked. Those yellow page ads, they worked. So, so I, I guess the simple thing is, what, what do you do, if anything, differently because of the competitive nature of that business? There's so many things here. And I, I think it's important that we probably have to go through the different functions of SEO. Yeah. And, but first, before we go and in, get into the different, how we're different, SEO, especially in a highly competitive market, comes is typically a production game. As much as we hate to say that, yeah. sometimes we need to create a lot more content, a lot more robust content, or acquire more citations or more links. And it, it does have this tendency to be a production work. Now, there are things that you can do to circumvent that. I can acquire a very high-end backlink and maybe not need the volume or or have a page that's exceptional and that, that generates a lot of keyword rankings. But anyways, I, I just wanted to get that out front. So sure. let's start. We have our span. We only do SEO. So first, how we're different is most digital marketing agencies, when they have SEO as a function or a department, they have SEO managers and SEO specialists. It, lend, it lends itself to generalists who do a variety of tasks. Our span of control is much wider for deep expertise. So we have a dedicated content department, an on-page department, a dedicated technical department, local department, and link building department. We have five pillars when it comes to SEO. And in, I always tell our prospects and, and, and clients this, that if any one of those aspects are wrong, it could jeopardize our ability to rank in the search results. If we have great content and great structure on the site, we don't have links, we're not going to rank. 
we've got a lot of links, but we're not targeting keywords properly and we're not going to rank. So we really divide it into these deeper levels of expertise in these silos. Content, what I can tell you is there are the foundational things you have to have. You have to target keywords. You have to have the ability to, to target a phrase, a, create a sales page that can convert. But then there, there is one thing that's very hard to execute on, and that is content, content upgrades. Hmm. So we take and we optimize our content in some cases on a monthly basis, their top pages, refreshing the published date, adding new content, adding different elements to always make them better. Instead of looking for the new blog topic that gets 10 searches per month, when we've already identified these great keywords, we just make sure the page content is exceptional. Yeah. The other aspects of Content is creating pages that have the ability to acquire inbound links naturally. Inbound links is a big challenge, yeah, but is. there are certain pages that acquire links naturally, pages that, that reference statistics, motorcycle accident statistics, teen driving statistics, all these pages that the media source for links. I don't even have to do outreach. Yeah. If I just rank number one, I can get a lot of inbound links in that manner. And there's all different types of strategies there in terms of creating that top of funnel content that just naturally acquires links. And now let's hear from our sponsor, Dot Online Domains. Look, building a business is a tough job. It requires relentless hard work, blood, sweat, tears, paying attention to important details such as your domain name. Didn't think of that one, did you? Well, domain names are a business's online address. And today, with domain extensions such as .online, you can get domain name that is meaningful, global, relevant, keyword rich, and most importantly, unique. Stand out from the herd and carve your unique space online with a .online domain name. Get yours today at get.online. You're absolutely right. I know a lot of business owners we work with, they kind of, they get the idea of content. In some cases they can write good content. They can structure it well. They can, they can put the Yoast plugin in and, and do metadata and stuff. So some of that stuff seems, seems doable, but this backlink thing is probably the biggest issue for most businesses because they, first off, they just don't know how to get them. And then they see people that are out there buying them and selling them. And so, so what, what you're really saying is, I've said for a long time, I think acquiring backlinks is is sort of the new networking. And I, th I think that they're putting time and energy in, in that way is is how you're going to acquire uh, logical or, or at least useful backlinks. I 1000% agree. And let's, any, any SEO specialist or anybody that has access to Google Search Console, I would encourage you to look at the crawl rates of your site. Today, they are much, they get crawled less frequently than they did in the past. And it's because of saturation. So what does that mean from an SEO perspective as it relates to link building? Gone are the days where we could go write a 200-word article on a post and hope that it would get crawled and pass some authority back to the main site. Yeah, It's now extremely important that the content that you're contributing on other websites in the form of editorials or even directories, making them robust, have a lot of information that's unique that can actually get crawled or otherwise the authority is not going to be passed back to the site. 
Yeah. Yeah. Good point. And, and it is funny. I remember when I, st- I first started blogging in like 2003 and because I was kind of a geek following the stats and everything, I'd, I'd see that about three hours after I hit publish, it would get crawled and be in, in the index. And that was so fun. But <laughs> yeah. And I, and I know we're, we're not on video here, but if our audience could see, I'm holding up an e-zine articles mug. Oh, yeah. that, was right my- by my- <laughs> that was one of a primary tactic for link building back in the day that it worked. And that's it why worked. people did. It, Used it. Right. it was basically the first version of blogging is what it amounted to yeah. at the benefit of, of, of backlinks. I, I, I tell you, my killer backlink uh, acquisition strategy is something we're doing here today is being a guest on people's podcasts because I could send out guest blogs and they take me a lot of time to write and maybe people want them, maybe they don't, maybe they get buried on some news site somewhere and have little value. But I can tell you, Chris, I'm going to publish this. I want lots of people to see it. I'm going to put backlinks to anything you tell me to put backlinks in that I think will be useful. So I actually even started a company called Podcast Bookers. For that very reason, we were booking our clients on podcasts. I think it's brilliant. We've used your service. <laughs> and for one of one of our clients, we're testing it. And because it works, it does. most podcast hosts will transcribe the interview and they will naturally link back to the guest. But I have a podcast myself, the rankings podcast. And what I've noticed is the guests like to have some page that they can reference back. So they'll naturally link back to you. And it's just a way to add value as opposed to making a request first. Can I write for your site? It's just, it's a very, it's not as obtrusive if I'm saying that word, right? (laughs) I, I, yes. I, I get the gist of what you're getting across for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, and, and not just like you, just what you said, like if you, if you've got a free download, or if you've got a free course or something like that, we link to that all the time because it's, it's what we talk about and we just, it's just the practice of, of podcasters. And so it, it really, to me, it's the, it's the easiest and most effective way to get backlinks. I absolutely agree. I think it's a brilliant strategy. And you work with a lot of law firms. So that that whole idea of the expertise that comes from being on podcasts, or at least the perceived expertise is, I think is a biggie too. Yeah. And let's talk about even something entirely different. So we talked about all the, the benefits, the easy way of podcasting for link building. Let's talk about the gap. When it comes to link building, it's really easy for someone to throw in your competitor's URL in an AREFs or a SIMrush and see what backlinks they have and try to replicate those. Right. Directories are easy to replicate. Citations yep. are easy to replicate. So uh, when it comes to that, and when you're looking for these little 1% that can move you in a very competitive market, what's the things, what's the advantage that my client has that maybe these other individuals don't? Oh, they're willing to do podcast interviews so they can get backlinks from podcasts and yeah. my competitors may not. Yeah. So we, you have to look for these different things. I call them creating a barrier of entry or yeah. create, creating a gap. And those types of things are just phenomenal for link building. And just from a purely selfish, practical sense, now they're acquiring backlinks for you. It's just like it's like they're right. doing all the work for you. <laughs> Activating them, yeah. <laughs> so so let's, let's get really geeky now. A lot of people this year are talking about core web vitals. How are you? Maybe, maybe you have to give one sentence about what I'm talking about, uh, but then how are you, how are you responding or reacting to that? It's critical. Any SEO agency has to be aware of this. The algorithm coming in May, the core web vitals, it is, has to do in part with UX and web speed. What we do is we have a giant spreadsheet of all of our clients and we have all of our fails and all of our passes. 
So we're we're doing all of the granular things, the compressing the the data, the CSS, the JavaScript. We're compressing images. We're moving clients to CDNs. We're testing a plugin called Pegasus. We're testing another plugin called um, Jetpack, I believe. All of these different elements to find an easy process to make this to improve our client sites. Fortunately, since we've been on this for about a month, we've, we've got about 75% in the green, but there are some that are just beastly websites that are, are a big problem. They're going to take a lot of work. And also, I'm not a huge proponent of plugins in general <laughs> because they tend to conflict with other plugins or your WordPress core. So we're trying to do it manual, which then requires a little bit deeper expertise in terms of your staff where you need those developers in-house as opposed to trying to use a plugin that could conflict with your forms or what have you. Yeah. And and the tough thing is, especially in your case, you may not have built many of those, some of those websites. And so consequently, there's bones buried in places that, <laughs> that only only somebody knows about maybe. Yeah. The, the so, so I know we didn't tell anybody how to do any of that, but uh, this is a kind of fair warning. Talk to somebody you trust about Core Web Vitals if you're listening, because uh, it's speeds. Speed's been an issue, I think, for a while, frankly. But uh, now, now they're adding some measurements, and they're basically openly saying this is going to be a ranking factor, which is should frighten people because they usually don't say stuff like that. So absolutely. So let me ask you about your ads and organic mix. So do you, especially, I mean, if you're on a mobile device, ranking page on page one means about three scrolls, <laughs> you know, to yeah. get to it, right? So, so what's your philosophy on a mixture of of the two? Not notwithstanding the results they can produce, but just sort of the the, the necessary element of them. That's a great question. It's. Anyone that follows Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk talks about attention arbitrage. And it's right now in my space in the legal vertical, particularly for single event, like car accidents and things like that, the cost per click, you're going to have 300 to $600 per click. It can be very difficult to generate an ROI. So we're seeing better cost per client acquisitions numbers in SEO. Now I'm not I don't have my head in the clouds and think there's only one way to do it or only one channel to market. I do think a multi-channel approach is very powerful even from a traditional strategy of TV or billboards because if a consumer recognizes your brand in the search results they may click on that third result yeah. as opposed to the in the first and then by the nature of that click Google may serve it more frequently. But I just think it's important to measure Make sure you have your attribution. If you are in, let's say, social social security disability or you're in family law, you may find the complete opposite. Yeah. It just depends on your industry, your geography. But I can tell you in the in the plaintiff personal injury space, your cost per acquisition, you're in the thousand to two thousand dollar range in most of those single event. And I would say where most individuals are gaining ground are in the mass torts side where they're getting lower costs. Uh, per acquisition. Yeah. And I, I, the one component I'm a fan of regardless of industry is branded search or branded paid. So if somebody's looking oh, for yeah. me, for sure, I'm going to get that click now for 10 bucks and I'm not going to make them have to go look, even though, even though I know people use search as the phone book, <laughs> it's like, I don't know your phone number, but I know how to find your website. And so I'll just put it in search and, and get the phone number that way. But I still think it's worth spending the couple hundred bucks a month, even just to get those branded searches. I 100% agree. If there's a few other things there, your YouTube advertising, 
Yep. Also, what we do is we, I'll reference, this is an actual example we're running right now. We have a blog called Motorcycle Accident Statistics. It's very thoroughly written, well-designed, and we're running an ad to that for $400, $500 a month that's naturally acquiring inbound links. So we're actually using it as a top-of-the-funnel strategy where frequently your Google Ads is that bottom of the funnel. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's that, that's a way to kind of get, if you can make that convert, that's a way to get around the high cost of that high intent yeah. search for, uh, absolutely. Tell me, uh, we'll finish up today, but I'd love to hear a little bit about your kind of, what's your reporting and, and communication rhythm? Because I, that's a, another huge complaint that I hear from people. It's like, they don't really know what's going on or they get some, look, traffic's up 18% kind of report. So what's your philosophy on reporting and communication with clients? That's a great question. And I've got so much on this that we could talk about this on its own. Probably <laughs> the first thing is, is on that teach our clients not to be crazy in the onboarding. We have an e email that goes out that actually sets how they prefer to be communicated with and how frequently hmm. and by what medium do they want a phone call? Do they want to communicate on Slack? Do they want a zoom conference? So we try to establish that up front. We, we then we'll send our monthly reports and sometimes we'll do a Loom video to explain them. Sometimes we have our custom dashboard that shows all the attribution. I'll tell you something, though. We did a study last month, and only 8% of our clients actually even looked at their report. Yeah. So we're like, maybe we're spending a little bit too much time here. Maybe we should have these conversations together on Zoom and on consults more. And that where we can answer objections and clarify things. And that was kind of eye-opening in itself. Yeah, I would suggest that there's probably still a level of trust, though, that you've earned to where they're like, I don't have to pay that close attention. <laughs> yeah, That's probably some of it, because if, if I've, I've discovered a lot of our clients over the years, if they're getting results, ask a lot fewer questions. <laughs> yeah. And I'll tell you this, too. Internally, internally for our own team, we're an EOS agency, the Entrepreneurial Operating System Attraction Agency. And for leading indicators for our SEO department, leading indicators, we use AREF's traffic value because that will give us some idea on the high intent phrases on there on what's going on in terms of the high intent. And then we also, as a leading indicator, track our Google local rankings and we use agency analytics. So we get, so we just have the uptick downtick. And when we look that on that, look at that on a weekly basis, we can start to see and identify trends. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Chris, can you tell people where uh, they can find out more about uh, rankings.io and some of the work that you're doing and uh, we'll send them there. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much, John. And our website, yeah, rankings.io, that's that's all about our services and what we do for personal injury attorneys. And I'm most active on LinkedIn for social media. That's the main one I'm active on. If you want to connect with me there, happy to answer any questions through messages. And then we also have a podcast, the Rankings Podcast, if you're interested in the the audio version of listening to me and, and some of the great guests we have on. Awesome. Well, it was great to have you stop by the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. And uh, hopefully next time I'm crossing the state of Missouri, we'll, we can hook up in person. Uh, back when people are doing Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Would love that, John. Thanks for having me. All right. That wraps up another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. Feel free to share this show. Feel free to give us reviews. You know, we love those things. Also, did you know that we had created training? marketing training for your team. If you've got employees, if you've got a staff member that wants to learn a marketing system, how to install that marketing system in your business, check it out. It's called the Certified Marketing Manager Program from Duct Tape Marketing. You can find it at ducttapemarketing.com and just scroll down a little and find that tab that says training for your team. Mm -hmm.